here we go. Again. Initiating sequence. Welcome. Before this episode begins, I'd like to say a great big thank you to you, the listener. Recently, I've had a lot more listeners reach out, including people from Australia, United States, Germany, UK, Philippines, Mexico, Sweden, Ireland, Canada, Netherlands, New Zealand, India, Denmark, Russia, Hong Kong, Spain as well as all over the African nations. Thank you so much for your listening, and I hope this has been useful. In this episode, we're going to focus on Paul's famous and most early claim from 1 Corinthians 15, 3-8, where he says that, For I delivered to you what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures. And then he goes on to say that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day, in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Caiaphas, then the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brethren at one time, most of all who are still alive, although some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, as to the one untimely born, he appeared also to me, Paul referring to himself. So we all know this as a wonderful apologetic because it is just so early in its datings. And if you don't, you can reference the Oxford Companion of the Bible, where it says that the earliest record of these appearances is found in 1 Corinthians 15, 3-7, a tradition that Paul received after his apostolic call, certainly not later than his visit to Jerusalem in 35 Christ's existence, when he saw Caiaphas, that is Peter, and James, who, like him, were recipients of appearances. So this incredible claim means that the Bible verse rules out a lot of possibility like myths and legends because it's just dated so incredibly early. But what I'd like to focus on today is just the fact that we have so many eyewitnesses and again, dated incredibly early, making it far more reasonable than not. In terms of manuscript evidence, If you compare any other work of the ancient world and look at when the original was written and our first copy, we have those hundreds of years. We're talking literally three years or less for this creed. So for us, that's wonderful evidence. But if you go back to that time period, suddenly you're in a situation where you've named people, called them out, and those people could verify or deny what they saw. And to make it more interesting, if they do verify that that is what they saw, many indeed were martyred or threatened with persecution simply by doing so. It doesn't make sense that someone would die for a lie and say, yeah, I saw Jesus come back to life and your reward is one, knowing that you lied. So therefore, any positive things like heaven or anything that might come from it would also be a lie and you would be fully knowing that. Number two is that you know that you'll be punished for this. There's no reward for owning up for this. Being the leader of a church doesn't make you popular. You don't get money. You get humiliated, tortured, and beaten. So when these people are indeed questioned, 
they either have to lie their pants off in knowing that it's totally wrong, that there's no benefit and there's only punishment, but also it mentions those 500 other people and mentioning that most of them are still alive. Obviously, many would have died because they wouldn't have recounted what they saw and would have been martyred for it. And suddenly you're left with this large group of people that have seen Jesus. Why would you mention it for any other reason than you could actually question your contemporaries? During the episode, when things have happened, when it's fresh in everyone's mind, you've got hundreds of people that are roaming the streets that all claim the same thing. And again, their reward is not some fame. It's not some amazing benefits. It's, it's only punishment. So this indeed strengthens the claim. Now, as to the last part of the claim where he talks to meeting Jesus, we all know that Saul of Tarsus met Jesus on the road to Damascus and that had that incredible conversion experience. He was a rabbi, a Pharisee, one of the most respected Jewish leaders, and he hated Christian heresy and did everything that he could to destroy it. We even see where poor Stephen is being stoned to death, who is definitely one of my favorite apostles. And in the meantime, you have Paul standing around holding their jackets so that they can take bigger throws to kill this Christian. And that just wasn't a one-off incident. He spent his entire life persecuting these Christians, and suddenly he gave everything up, that respect, the position of a Jewish leader which came with so many trimmings and became a Christian missionary. This meant instead of luxury, he would have poverty. Instead of a relatively easy job, he'd be working hard. And instead of living in comfort, he would suffer and suffer hard, whipped, stoned, beaten, left for dead, shipwrecked three times, constant danger, anxiety, deprivation, snake bites. And then to top off his whole life, he was likely killed by beheading. So again, the motives for any one of these people, especially Paul, would be extremely low for making up anything. So this is where we start to arrive at more and more evidence to confirm our faith, that you have Paul, the apostle, that was so powerful in his faith, he would go through anything for his love of Jesus. You'd have these 500 that were likely persecuted. Many of these probably died because, as Paul said, that although most were alive to be questioned, that there were some that were killed. And those people, I would only assume, were martyred. So in summary for this short episode, when you look at evidence for the Bible, when you look at evidence for Christianity, it's important to take into account multifaceted aspects. And just from this one simple verse, we have incredible early dating. We have an amazing amount of people to verify it. We have it done so incredibly early so that we have contemporaries so that people do in fact have the opportunity to verify if they will. And of course, we have motive. We have zero motive for making it up. We have only motive to go ahead and proclaim the truth if it is truth, because telling the truth in this sort of situation will land you in a world of hurt. I hope this has been useful, and I'll see you on the next episode.